Let the bidding wars begin as head coaches around the NFL are relieved of their posts. The New Orleans Saints can sit back and just hope to profit. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much, as always, make it Locked On Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget, we're free and available on all podcast apps and on YouTube as well. And I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, your New Orleans Saints expert credential member of the media, CrescentCitySports.com, USA Today, Saints Wire, Tuesdays in Locked On NFL. And here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked on Saints. Today's episode of Locked on Saints presented by Prize Picks. Uh, It's daily fantasy made easy. All you got to do is pick two to five players, choose whether or not they're going to come out to more or less their prize picks projections. You do that and you can win 10 times your entry. And if you're a first time user, you can get a 100% instant deposit match of up to $100 by using the promo code Locked on on the Prize Picks app or at prizepicks.com. Tell you more about them later on today's episode. Uh, We got a lot of information to get through, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Thank you so much for joining us uh, here on another Tuesday as we continue to roll along here on Locked on Saints. We're going to give you an update on Trevor Penning's status, as well as all of the reserve future deals or the the highlights of the reserve future deals uh, that have come up, including why Smoke Monday didn't get one. I'll explain that. Everything's fine. Uh, We'll also take a look at changes and timeline here in New Orleans. What are some of the changes that the Saints could potentially make at the the, the biggest changes that they could potentially make, and when should you expect to hear about them? But first, it's time for the bidding war to begin. Coaching moves that you should know about around the NFL that impact the New Orleans Saints because head coach Sean Payton, or former head coach Sean Payton, is uh, got a lot of suitors out there already. So the Sean Payton bidding war looks like it's under a pretty good start after all of the day after firings at the end of the 2022 NFL season. In addition to the Denver Broncos who moved on from Nathaniel Hackett before the season was even over, they've already requested to uh, speak with Sean Payton. They can't formally interview him until January 17th, an important date for you to remember uh, as well. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals just moved on from Cliff Kingsbury. Steve Keim also stepping away as general manager. That's an important piece. So that's a new spot that's opened up. The Houston Texans, as everyone expected, moved on from Lovey Smith, making him a one and done, making the uh, the Houston Texans a team that have now had four years of one-year head coaches. That's unlikely, I think, to interest Sean Payton over there. The Colts and Panthers jobs are also technically open because they had interim Coaches. Jeff Saturday did his end of year po- uh, post game or end of year presser. I guess you could say postseason presser, if you will. Um, as did uh, Steve uh, Steve Wilkes over in Carolina. Those guys now meeting with their organizations to see if they're going to be a part of the consideration. I believe Steve Wilkes is getting an interview in Carolina. We'll see what happens with that weird Jeff Saturday situation in Indianapolis. But those are two positions that could potentially open up as well. But it's the Arizona Cardinals position that I think is the most intriguing. When it comes to the Sean Payton conversation, and and the reason why is because that GM position, Steve Keim, also opened up. You want to hear more about this, you can go and listen over to Locked on Cardinals with my good friend Alex Clancy. He'll kind of go through a little bit more about like what they might be looking for and who their candidates are. But Sean Payton 
should be on that list. What this does is that it opens up an opportunity for Sean Payton to potentially take a job somewhere where he can bring an executive with him, such as Jeff Ireland here from New Orleans, who he has a good relationship with. That would be pretty big because he's spoken over and over again how the organization is the most important part. So is Michael Bidwell as an owner going to be somebody that Sean Payton meshes with? And if so, if he brings his own general manager like Jeff Ireland, then bam, right? He like he's got the setup because he said that that was the most important thing to him over quarterback, over city. The relationship with the organization was going to be the most important part. So if he and Bidwell get along in an interview or anything like that, along with Kyler Murray, of course, who ends up uh, being a big part of this, as Bidwell did say that Kyler Murray will have input in who the next head coach is, how much in how much weight that input carries remains to be seen, right? He could have input all day, but the Cardinals can still make the decision that they want to make, right? So then the next question is, is Kyler Murray intriguing enough to Sean Payton? Is Sean Payton intriguing enough to Kyler Murray? And if that's not the case, then what does that mean for the Arizona Cardinals? Because they also carry the fourth overall selection in this year's draft, putting them in prime position to potentially take a quarterback in this year's draft as well. Speaking of that fourth overall selection, the trick around all of this is what are you going to get from the Arizona Cardinals in a Sean Payton trade if that's where Sean Payton decides to go? Remember, that becomes the paramount point in all of this is where Payton wants to go. Some folks tend to think that they would be that the um, New Orleans Saints would be able to get the fourth overall selection from the Arizona Cardinals. I tend to think that that's actually not the case. Um, and I'm curious about whether or not that is what the New Orleans Saints would want. Do you want one big swing or do you want multiple swings over multiple years at multiple positions, right? So if you think CJ Shroud is the answer or you think Will Levis is the answer to your franchise and you're willing to trade Sean Payton for a rookie quarterback, then fine. But I don't know if that's really where the New Orleans Saints are even in position to be thinking. They got a lot of things they got to fix all along the offense, all along the defense too, with expiring contracts, defensive interior. And I don't think you trade Sean Payton and draft Jalen Carter, as good as Carter is out of uh, Georgia. You, you going to trade Sean Payton for a rookie nose tackle, for a rookie defensive tackle? I, I don't think that that's the case, right? So uh, I'll be curious to see What's more realistic, the Saints trading Sean Payton to the Arizona Cardinals and getting the third overall pick and nothing else, or fourth overall pick, excuse me, and nothing else, or the Saints trading Sean Payton and getting a high second round pick, a future first, and other draft picks and considerations as well. Whichever one you feel is the better choice is on you, but I'm kind of in the boat of getting multiple opportunities at multiple positions over the course of multiple years with how many things the New Orleans Saints need to get right over the next couple of years in order to remain competitive. However, if the Saints were to trade and get the fourth overall selection from the Arizona Cardinals, they could trade back, right? I mean, imagine getting the fourth overall selection and trading out of that pick, staying in the top 10, maybe even trading and getting a King's ransom from a team like the Carolina Panthers who are looking for a quarterback and get their first round pick here in 2022, get a first round pick, or excuse me, in 2023, get a first round pick in 2022 or 2024, and then possibly get additional draft picks in the midst of all that as well, because you're making them pay the in-division premium, you're making them pay the quarterback premium, and you're making them pay the top five premium, 
there's a lot of premiums there. It goes beyond just what the trade value chart tells you, right? Like that ends up having a big impact when all three of those things are also true. And then at nine, you might still be able to grab a quarterback if you really like a Will Levis, if you really like an Anthony Richardson. Or you take that high second round pick, and if you want to trade into the first, you could trade into the first, right? Like there, there's a bunch of different ways that they could uh, go about it. So whichever way the New Orleans Saints decide to go in all of this, whether they trade Sean Payton to the Arizona Cardinals, whether they trade Sean Payton to the Denver Broncos, whether they trade Sean Payton to one of these other teams that has also opened up, the good news is that multiple positions are open. And that means that the bidding war becomes a part of it. That means that the competition becomes a part of it. That means that multiple suitors become a part of it. And we're not even done yet, right? There are others that you're going to be watching over the course of this week. There's both of the Los Angeles teams. There's the potential Miami job that could open up, which I still think would be absolutely wild. So if those end up entering the mix along with a surprise team that could potentially join the fold as well, the New Orleans Saints are in an even better position when it comes to the potential haul they could get back for trading Sean Payton. Up next, the New Orleans Saints may also be making changes to their coaching staff and elsewhere. What is the timeline for those possible moves and what might those moves look like? We'll break all of that down as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. And today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Daily Fantasy made the way that it should be. Daily Fantasy made easy. All you have to do is pick two to five players, choose whether or not they're going to come in at more or less than their prize picks projections. You get those right, you can get up to 10 times your entry. That simple, that easy. There's no going up against mystery lineups for a mystery cut of a mystery pot. It's available in over 30 states as well. And it's really just you, your knowledge of the game, your favorite players, your favorite sport, whatever it might be, including football, uh, the NBA, MLB, which is right around the corner, pitchers and catchers all reporting in the next couple of uh, weeks. You've also got uh, the NHL, uh, college sports, including college basketball, which I know is huge right now, uh, and much, much more, including a bunch of other like random things like um, esports and auto racing. Auto, auto racing is not, um, not random. Disc golf, like the ultimate frisbee. Like there's so much stuff for you to check out. So if you want to go check them out today, prizepicks.com or the prize picks app. Don't forget, you get a 100% instant deposit match if you're a first-time user by using the promo code Locked On of up to $100. So you deposit $100, you get $100. Deposit $50, you get $50. Nice, super, and easy. 100% instant deposit match of up to $100 for new users simply with the promo code Locked On over at PrizePicks.com and the Prize Picks app. Check them out today. Today's episode also brought to you by TurboTax. Go to TurboTax right now and don't do your taxes. Instead, you can meet with an expert that will do them for you. Isn't that awesome? TurboTax experts relieve you from the stress of having to do your taxes and they will file so that you can do not taxes. So that you can show your eyes something that's not taxes. So that you can unpack a box that's not taxes. So that you can taste not taxes. So that you can sing not taxes a lullaby. So that you can hope that not taxes sleeps through the night. You can grab a saddle and ride, uh, not taxes, off into the sunset. With TurboTax, an expert will do your taxes for you from start to finish, ensuring that your taxes are done right, guaranteed, so that you can relax. Feels good to be done with your taxes already, doesn't it? Go and check them out today. Go to TurboTax so that you don't have to do your taxes. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. Intuit TurboTax, full service products only. Video meeting while expert does your taxes is required. See guaranteed details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees. 
right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. The New Orleans Saints could be looking at making some changes, some big changes, uh, along their team, but don't expect them to be in a hurry. They technically don't have to be either. Appreciate you so much for making Locked on Saints a part of your day, your first listen of the day. For your second listen, make sure you go and check out Locked on Sports today. Get all the news around the world of sports with our local experts, wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. Dennis Allen spoke with the media here in New Orleans on Monday, and one of the things that he told us was that he and general manager Mickey Loomis, as well as others um, within the, the the organization structure, including, you know, of course, owner Gail Benson and folks like uh, Michael Parenton and Kai Harley and, and others, uh, will all be meeting to evaluate everything, and I mean everything, over the course of this week. Allen went so far as to say that they'll be looking at personnel, coaching staff, medical staff, equipment, everything. Um, what they are doing well, what they aren't doing well, they're going to go through and do a full evaluation over the course of this week. So what are some of the biggest changes that can come from that conversation and when should you expect them? Well, you could expect them potentially throughout this week or going into next week. The reason why there's no reason to be in a rush in all this is that you technically can't really start interviewing folks until January 17th anyway, and folks that are in the playoffs go even further, right? So depending upon who the New Orleans Saints would be interested in, particularly when it comes to coaching staff changes, which is really the only thing you can kind of address right now anyway, um, would be, you really can't do it right away anyway. So you, you have to wait. So there's no sense in rushing into all of it. So I understand why the Saints are saying, all right, let's take our time over the course this week, and then we'll make those decisions. So what are some of the decisions that they could potentially make? Head coach is obviously one of the things that will be evaluated. Although uh, Dennis Allen told us today that the impression that he has gotten and what he expects is that he will be the head coach in 2023, which is what we've been saying here on the show for a long time is what we all should expect because the New Orleans Saints wouldn't be likely to just move off of him after a seven and 10 season. Um, That just doesn't seem very likely unless Sean Payton says, hey, 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 Mickey, you up? Let me come through. Um, so expect that to be the case, but there could be other changes on the coaching staff, namely offensive coordinator. Now, this is one that I continuously bring up, and I don't mean to bring it up as to be like a personal slide against Pete Carmichael or anything like that. Pete Carmichael is a very nice person, uh, but the offensive coordinator role, him stepping in the play calling just didn't work this year. I mean, the one thing that you can point to, uh, in terms of things that just did not go right consistently this, uh, this, this season in 2022 was the offense defense didn't allow 20 more than 20 points for the last eight games of the season. And the Saints did not win some of those games, including a game in which the opposing quarterback threw for 43 yards, a 2.8 pass rating, two interceptions, and completed and only attempted like 15 passes. In case you don't remember, that was Sunday. <laughs> Sorry to bring that up on you. Uh, but you know, that that was a consistent thing. That play calling, personnel choices, who was on the field, who was off the field when, who was used in certain situational situations their inability to, to to convert third downs, the sort of, um, uh, you know, inept sort of red zone execution issues that they had as well. There were just a lot of those things. And some of those came down to execution. Some of it came down to play calling and, and who was available and who was on the field when. So I could very easily see an offensive coordinator change. And I've seen an offensive coordinator change from the moment that they, that they gave, uh, that they, that they made P. Carmichael the offensive coordinator in 2022, because the original reports or that he wasn't going to even stick around in that role, but he was going to take another role with the team. And then all of a sudden, he was the offensive coordinator. And so it always felt like a one-year thing anyway, unless things went super, super well. They didn't. They didn't go super, super well. So I don't see Pete Carmichael retaining the offensive coordinator in play-calling tag in 2023. 
I'll talk about some candidates to replace him here in just a moment. Defensive coordinator, I would expect there to be a change here if someone gets hired away, but at this time, we asked DA during his press conference whether he is aware of any assistants or coordinators that have gotten requests from other teams uh, for a discussion, and he said that he is not aware of any of that, right? That there haven't been any of those guys getting phone calls or anything at this time, but he you know expects that that will eventually happen. So if a guy like Ryan Nielsen gets hired away, if a guy like Chris Richard gets hired away, then I would definitely see then a change at defensive coordinator because obviously they wouldn't they wouldn't have a choice, right? They would either go down to a single defensive coordinator in one of those guys, which is very possible, or potentially make a larger change there. Quarterback is another big one. This is another one that I very much expect to see changes in the room. Dennis Allen has not made any type of solid commitment when it comes to Andy Dalton at all so far this season in terms of what things are looking like over the course of the offseason, not even a yeah, we'd like to talk to him or, or yeah, we'll have conversations with him or yeah, we'd like to have him here in New Orleans. No indication of anything like that. Just the we've liked him here in New Orleans is kind of the way that he said it uh, last week before the the Panthers game. Um, when asked if he feels like he's gotten a good evaluation, an accurate evaluation of quarterback Jameis Winston, Dennis Allen simply said yes. So by that stretch, I would imagine that he doesn't really have any further opportunity here in New Orleans, because if the Saints put Andy Dalton out there since week four and on, and they feel they've got a good evaluation of Jameis Winston, then what that tells you is that they don't believe that Jameis Winston is a starting quarterback. And that's why he didn't get opportunities throughout the season to even so much as compete to re-win his role on the field. So with that being the case, I'm not sure that there are any opportunities left here for Jameis Winston, and Jameis Winston should want to go find opportunities elsewhere. I don't think that he'll be back in New Orleans in 2023. Allen did say that they will leave no stones unturned when it comes to the positions that would mean trade market, that would mean free agency, that would mean the draft. It's not a unique statement. That just makes perfect sense. Now, some of the ideas around who could be the quarterback for the New Orleans Saints in 2023 come down, comes down to who will be the offensive coordinator in 2023. One of those questions has to be answered first. Obviously, the OC question has to be answered first. So if it's not Pete Carmichael, who are some of the folks that we'll be discussing here on the show over time? I'm going to give you a select five real quick, a little bit of a note on each one of them, uh, but then we'll continue to discuss more over the course of the offseason as well. Brian Johnson, and I meant to say Brian Johnson this time, the Eagles quarterbacks coach. He was originally the offensive co- or not originally, but he was also recently the offensive coordinator with the Florida Gators. You could see a noticeable drop off when he wasn't there anymore. He turned Kyle Trask into a drafted quarterback. That to me is a pretty big deal. He also made humongous strides with Jalen Hurts over the course of the past couple of years, turning Jalen Hurts from someone that Folks were questioning whether or not he should be a starting quarterback in the NFL to a undoubted uh, MVP frontrunner. Brian Johnson is a name to look for. Ronald Curry, New Orleans Saints quarterback coach as well as pass the game coordinator. This might go a little bit too far into the familiarity, continuity, cohesion thing. So you would need Ronald Curry to be able to come to you and say, here's how I would change the offense. Here's how I would update the offense. Here's what I would do with the offense and then let the familiarity go from there. But obviously he's somebody that this organization trusts and that they have put on a trajectory to become an offensive coordinator at some point in the near future. They could potentially give him that opportunity. Bobby Slowick, the uh, 49ers passing game coordinator, the Saints could kind of go the same route as what the New York Jets recently did, which worked for them until their quarterback situation completely dissolved. Started off the season six and three when they brought Mike LaFleur over there, not Matt LaFleur, but Mike LaFleur 
over there, who was the passing game coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers to become their offensive coordinator. What that does is that it brings you a Shanahan system, brings you a wide zone system, brings you a guy that can game plan for a mobile quarterback. If the Saints want to go that route in 2023, good moves for the New Orleans Saints uh, all accounted for there. Uh, Liam Cohen, who we talked about here on the show before, former Kentucky uh, Wildcats offensive coordinator, now Rams offensive coordinator. There are rumors that he's going to go back to that Kentucky OC uh, position, but if being offered another NFL offensive coordinator position were to entice him away, then the New Orleans Saints could be a part of that. They were very interested in him last year. They could reprise those conversations this year. And of course, Frank Reich, former Colts head coach, a guy that is a noted quarterback whisperer, quote unquote, throughout his time. That's something that the New Orleans Saints could use because they're trying to solve that quarterback problem. So there are more, obviously. I know some of you might be interested or curious about Cliff Kingsbury. Me, not so much, but we'll discuss that in the future as well. Uh, and there are other names, guys that will come to the forefront either as the playoffs end or, or come through, but that's kind of my starting five, if you will. Uh, Brian Johnson, Ronald Curry, Bobby Slowick, Liam Cohen, and Frank Reich. So expect changes in New Orleans over the course of the next couple of weeks, but there is no hurry as like I mentioned, interviews can't really take place until January 17th anyway, but there are already some players that we know are sticking around going into 2023, being given reserve future contracts. So who are the latest to get those contracts? What does that contract mean? And an update on Trevor Penning's injury. We got all that coming up next on today's episode of Locked on Saints. Today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by Bet online, your number one source for all of your sports wagering needs, everything from the NFL to the NBA to the MLB and so on and so forth. Auto racing, uh, esports, golf. They got a whole bunch with the Waste Management Cup coming up, with the Phoenix Open coming up. There's so much stuff for you to get in on and they've got it all covered for you over at BetOnline. They've got uh, odds, lines and props. They've also got news and scores and articles as well and even podcasts. I know you love sports podcasts. They're the quickest and easiest way to catch up with everything going on in the world of sports in terms of uh, uh, trends, action, betting, all of that. So make sure you go and check out their podcast as well. You can find them on your mobile device or your laptop or desktop, whatever you use to browse the internet. Just head over to Bet Online today where the game starts. Get it, Houdat Nation, wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints. New Orleans Saints have been hit hard by injuries again this season, and it played its way out and all came down all that way until the final game of the season as well. So they're going to need to take a long look at their medical situation as well, though some of the injuries that they've dealt with this year, I don't even know how you address or stop those. Cluster headaches for uh, Dwayne Washington, a lacerated kidney for uh for uh, uh Marshawn Lattimore they did get fewer soft tissue injuries but the soft tissue injuries that they did deal with were impactful ones uh Trevor Penning Saints first round pick in 2022 along with wide receiver Chris Olave of course was at left tackle he fought his way back throughout the season after suffering a really bad turf toe injury effectively a, a, a hyperextension of his big toe on his left foot in the final preseason game, then finally gets his first start against the Carolina Panthers in the final regular season game and suffers a Liz Frank injury on the opposite foot. It is a Liz Frank injury. It will require surgery. So we'll have surgery on that foot, uh, similar to the same injury that was sustained by Cesar Ruiz as well, in case you're curious, uh, earlier on this season. 
Nick Underhill over at New Orleans.football, one of our most respected guys out in the field, not just in New Orleans Saints media, but in NFL media as a whole, uh, reported that the estimation is about a five to six month recovery period, meaning that he will be back. He would be on that timeline back in time for camp be around June, uh, but he would miss some of the off-season training activities. Think about the same timeline effectively that Taysom Hill was on as he suffered the same injury in 2021, though this one could be a little bit worse, and especially with body type, size, uh, what he needs, the position that he plays, all of those things are going to change the way that he's treated as opposed to how Taysom Hill was treated as well. So it could be a little bit of a longer recovery timetable for him because of the explosion that he needs to have off of those feet. Uh, So that's going to be a really, really important sort of metric to follow for the 2022 draft class. We know Chris Olave is an absolute stud, 1,000-yard receiver in his first year, has some things that he'll continue to get better on. He he was really introspective during uh, his locker room availability on Monday, talking about where he needs to improve, finishing plays, hands, things like that that he wants to get better with. Uh, But, I mean, you have him, you have Alante Taylor, who's been awesome, and then now you have Trevor Penning, who um, Dennis Allen raved about. Uh, he got beat uh, one time on the inside uh, on on a play where you know Andy Dalton just kind of threw it away right away. But uh, outside of that, he played an extremely violent game, played an extremely good game, played a, you know the tenacity, all the stuff that the juice that you wanted from him, you saw. So hopefully he's able to get back out onto the field sooner uh, rather than later. Um, Allen saying that they really liked the players that they got in last year's draft in reference to the first round pick that they gave up to Philly that will now be a top ten selection. Uh, for the Eagles. So uh, Allen also said that pinning surgery, by the way, is the only major player surgery that he's been made aware of going into the offseason. So there's some good news there and that, yeah, pinning unfortunately has to have this injury. It stinks that he bookmarks his um, bookmarks. No. What's the word that I'm looking for? Book stands, book holds, bookends. He bookends uh, his season, final preseason game with a left foot injury, uh, final regular season with game with a right foot injury. So I hope y'all enjoyed how dumb I can be sometimes. All right. I want to update y'all to close out today's show on uh, the eight player or, or on the fact that the Saints signed eight players back to reserve future deals. The highlights for some of Saints fans will include the group or out of the group here include uh, tight end Lucas Kroll, linebacker Nephi Sewell, and running back Derek Gore. If you want to see the entire list of eight, New Orleans Saints website has it. You can find it on Twitter at Ross Jackson Nola. But those are kind of the big highlights there. I don't want to just like run down a list on you. Uh, The reserve future deal basically guarantees these guys a spot in next year's offseason training activities. Does it mean that they that they will take that, that they won't get, you know, other opportunity or whatever, but it basically gives them an opportunity, signs them to a contract, says, okay, we'll see you next offseason. So you will expect all those guys, including like Jabari Zaniga and some of the others uh, to make it back for um, all the offseason training activities this offseason. You'll notice, though, that there are a couple of names missing from this list that were on the practice squad. This is oftentimes reserve future deals are often a practice squad thing. So some of the names that were missing uh, that I've been asked about that I just want to clarify, they weren't on the practice squad, so they're being treated differently. Smoke Monday, uh, Rashid Shaheed, Kirk Merritt. Rashid Shaheed and Kirk Merritt finished the season on the active roster. They were both on two-year deals, so they're under contract in, like through 2023. So they're not going anywhere. They're under contract for now, unless the Saints actively move on from them. At least in Shahid's case, I don't see that being the case. In Merritt's case, we'll see. He didn't get a ton of opportunities in 2022, but I don't know that he was disappointing at all. He just didn't get a lot of opportunities. So it would make sense for the Saints to hold on to him. Um, at the end of 2023, um, Rashid Shahid will be an exclusive rights free agent. At the end of 2023, Merritt will be a restricted free agent. So 
both very easy to retain beyond that contract point. As for Smoke Monday, he's on injured reserve. So yes, he was a practice squad member, but he's still on injured reserve. So that means that he basically stays there until he's healthy. He'll continue to rehab at the facility throughout the offseason, all of that. Once he's cleared, he could either be released or retained, however they want to go about that. Uh, but he's just on a different timeline from the rest of the practice squad, guys. Think about Jalen Dalton a few years ago. He you know, went on injured reserve before the 2020 season, was back with the New Orleans Saints in training camp in 2021. He went on injured reserve before the 2021 season. That was in August of 2021. He was then released in May of 2022 before this season began. So that was after he had gone through the whole rehabilitation progress. So that means that the season ended for the Saints in January. He was still on the Saints roster on injured reserve, February, March, April, and then he was released in May. So that could be the the timeline that you see for Smoke Monday, but I don't think that he'll be released, if I'm being honest. The Saints right now behind their starters in Marcus May and Tyron Matthew don't have any safeties on the roster behind them. So I think that there's a lot of reason logistically to keep Smoke Monday around, but also just talent-wise to keep Smoke Monday around as well. So I expect Monday to be retained for now. All right, y'all. I appreciate you as always making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day. Coming up tomorrow, uh, we're going to continue to dive in on what changes the New Orleans Saints could make. We're going to get to some of the film and analytics from uh, Sunday's matchup, unless there's just bigger news. If there's just bigger news, offseason, right here, offseason, it's where we're headed. So we'll be keeping you up to date with everything you need to know around Sean Payton, everything you need to know around Dennis Allen, everything you need to know around Michael Thomas. Marcus, uh, Marcus Davenport, so on and so forth. So we'll be breaking down more and more and more for you here all throughout the week. So I appreciate you so much for making me a part of your day. As always, making me part of your routine. Uh, don't forget uh, to make sure that you go and check out Locked On Sports today. I appreciate you for uh, saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, say hi. And if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how families doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them. And trust you, that nation. I'll holler at you.